from Practically Culture. The guys who brought you Logan's mini TV reviews. I'm your host, Logan Bow, podcasting from Brooklyn. And Bob's mini movie reviews. I'm joined by the one, the only Bob Caswell in the Bay Area. How are you, Bob? I'm great. How are you? Introducing a new mini podcast. Oh, hanging out. You know me. Nice. Practically Culture Masters of Sex. A new mini podcast devoted to recapping every episode of Masters of Sex Season 1. Masters of Sex. So we get two new unwelcome visitors in this episode. Ginny comes home to a dude making dinner and telling her to lighten up, and we find out it's her ex-husband, George, who's also the guy we just barely saw Bill asking sex questions to before the flashback that started the episode. Uh, (laughs) George and Ginny end up in bed. He spends the night against Ginny's wishes. Ginny's wishes. He weasels his way into the study. Ginny's mad. She tells Bill and argues that it shouldn't ruin the data. But Bill's obsessed, and he figures out who it is, and that's how he ends up questioning George further, like we saw at the start. What did you think about George showing up, Bob? I liked it. I thought it was a nice little, you know, just just to get this out of the way, because I feel like I'm going to say this every episode, I have no idea if any of this is based on anything in reality, but it's a great story. And the movie, er, the movie, the, the show is really messing with me, because these are real people, and real shit happened, but, like, I swear it's got to be only, like, 10% of what we're seeing. Um, <laughs> but for the TV show... It's it was great. It moved it along. Um, I find it fascinating that uh, Bill's uh, obsessed with Jenny, and I think that that's very intriguing. And I love that chemistry. And because he's like, puts his glasses back on, and he's like, I agree. Shouldn't mess with the data. And then she leaves, and then he like promptly goes and <laughs> rips open the safe, deduces who it is, calls him in. Right, which is what he's you're. You're not supposed to do that. I mean, they made a big deal at one point of like, this is 50 style. Hey, this we're going to anonymize this data until we don't because we're curious. We can just open the safe. It's just two of no, us. No, I, I think that was unethical what he did. I think that was, that was if people found out, that would compromise the results of his study no matter what happens, I think. I think that was bad of him to do. No, I agree. Um, I Yeah, and, it, and it, it seemed like it took him a little bit to figure it out, but it wasn't that hard. It was like a little puzzle. And I could see the drive. Like, I resonated with him, um, <laughs> which is maybe embarrassing, but I don't, I'm not embarrassing, but just like, yeah, I want to know, I would want to know who that guy is too after knowing everything about Virginia. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there's still this this meatball hanging at right out there about we should undertake the research ourselves, and I don't think yeah. Jimmy ever really gave her answer, not that we know. And it's been months, we know, because uh, Bill's wife is very pregnant, so it's been several months at least. Right, and wait. She didn't give her answer because we had that one episode that really messed with me, and now in my memory, it's all sorts of confused. So, are you oh. sure she didn't give an answer? Because there was like the 17 different answers, and one of them was real but not really, and then it never really happened. Oh, great! I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't give an actual answer, but I, I don't know. I hate when these questions are just empirical, and we go back and look at the tape, and here we are talking out of our asses about them. But I'm, I'm pretty sure she didn't actually give an answer. No, no, no. In our defense, I think the show is messing with us on purpose, personally. Okay. I think that's part, right. of the, part of the situation here, the setup. So I'm, I want to have some resolution there, too, but then, you know, I don't want it to come too early, <laughs> pun intended, uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of episodes left in this uh, season, right? So maybe they're going to hold off on that. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's going to be the, uh, the narrative climax. Yeah. Okay, um... Bill's mother is the second visitor. She shows 
up, and she shows a lot more pizzazz than Bill remembers. She drinks now. She wears colors. She uh, wants to move to St. Louis. Bill's mad at her and doesn't want her to move. And uh, we get another flashback, this time with his mom turning up the music while he was beaten, just like he did while he was sleepwalking. And we learn that Bill's dad was not a bad man. <laughs> uh, and we also see why Bill was so moved by the woman who wanted the tubal ligation but couldn't get it without her husband's consent. So what did you think about this visitor, Bill's mom showing up? I like this too, actually. I thought it, it uh, rounded out Bill's character. Um, he's still kind of a dick in certain circumstances, but he's a, you know, he's got a backstory like we all do, and, and he's, a, he's a, a product of everything that's happened to him, including an abusive father, and um, I think that's an important uh, story to tell because it, it sort of helps paint the picture of Bill's struggle between progressive scientist and you know, 1950s uh, pseudo-morality guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it also helps inform us about why he's so hesitant about being a dad, because he didn't have a good example. Um, and, yeah, anyway, so I think uh, I think it adds a lot there. Uh, I will say, though, I was primed not to like her just because Bill's the protagonist here, and he didn't like her. Um, but she turned out to be not that bad. You know, she said she's not a meddler, and I actually believed it based on the way she acted. She wasn't all judgmental. She wasn't mean, and Bill's mad at her for looking the other way while he was beaten, which is understandable, but uh, she doesn't seem that bad now. No, exactly. Like, the worst thing she did was what she did in the flashback, which has nothing to do who she, who with she is. It has nothing to do with who she is now, and based on context, not that it's forgivable necessarily, but it's it's more complicated than just and just flat out disliking her in the present because she seemed really likable, actually. So, And we know that isn't going to happen again, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so the big event this, this, um, this episode was Libby invited both Ginny and Ethan to come to dinner. She wanted to set them up, not knowing that they have actually already <laughs> uh, been set up and they are on the outs and... Anyway, uh, but Ethan spends the evening striking out with Ginny and drinking. Meanwhile, we get this little side episode of uh, Ginny's kids stopping at the toilet, and Bill yells. Libby sees him, and he's still worried that Bill's freaked out by the idea of having kids. Ethan's totally drunk by the end of the night, so Bill's the one who takes Ginny home, and he admits to her he's worried about whether he'll be a good father. And then when Ethan gets home, meanwhile, Vivian, uh, now 19, <laughs> is waiting for Ethan, and Ethan's in the mood for a booty call, except he's kind of rude to Vivian, even though she goes along with it. But they're interrupted when the phone rings. Ethan's called in for an emergency, and he's going to do it. He's going to operate drunk. Luckily, it turns out okay. Uh, yeah, that was the first thing I was going to say. Is I don't know if that was deliberately trying to say something about the 50s or maybe just the character, but the fact that he was totally drunk and everyone else in the room was like, uh, yeah, you shouldn't drive the woman home, but go on home on your own. Like, what? That guy is totally hammered. Like, that would never happen now. Maybe not never, I, but... I think making a big deal about drunk driving really started happening in, like, the 80s, to be quite honest. I know Mad Men has had scenes of, of Don Draper driving out with a scotch in his hand. Hmm. Okay, maybe you're right. I, yeah, I just... I guess it's easy for me to project my 21st century, you know, we all know it's, I mean, it's one thing to have had a drink, but this guy was, like, totally wasted. Yeah, um, he was really wasted. I mean, Jenny didn't want to get in the car with him. Right. And they're, they're just like, oh, yeah, as long as the woman doesn't get in. It just didn't make any sense to me other than just to show that people were totally irrational on certain subjects, because why would you say 
this guy is not uh, fit to drive a girl home, but he's fine driving himself home. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I think it was a little bit from the Mad Men playbook. I don't know if you remember first season Mad Men, but they did stuff like that all the time, just That's showing true. how life was different, and uh, we would, people would never do that stuff today. I think Mad Men's better at it than Masters of Sex is, but of course they got to try their hand at some of that stuff sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. And then and then he has to go operate. And anyway, so just no consequences. Everything seems to work out. Even Vivian likes him. Like this dude struck out three times in a row, or had the I should say he had the potential to strike out three times. And in reality, he would either get in a car accident, have the the woman slap him in the face, or screw up a surgery. But in the show, like all three of them go surprisingly well, as best as you could expect given the circumstances, right? <laughs> That is true. Although at the beginning we do see him having some consequences for being such a player. All the all the women yeah. in the in the nurses' ward in the cafeteria are pissed off at him. But, but you're right. That might have been a little convenient that none of that turned yeah. out badly. Speaking of convenience, Vivian is by far the hottest one around him anyway. So like he's he's set. I I think he should just you know it's not a coincidence that but, she's the one that's getting the most... But she's a black and white woman. She doesn't make his world go technicolor like Ginny. Oh, actually, I like that little soapbox speech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? Um, anything else you want to want to talk about or final thoughts? Um, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I want to see more of this. If they keep doing episodes like this, the, the tension between Bill and, uh, and Ginny and also the way she likes her sex and Bill's fascination with that and, and breaking some rules to figure that out. Um, they've got a good, uh, I don't want to say formula because that sounds formulaic, but they've got a good thing going with this, uh, these, I don't want to call them love triangles because it's, it's, as was bluntly said early on in the series, it's, you know, love and sex aren't the same thing, um, which allows the show to just do all sorts of interesting uh, character interactions that I'm really enjoying. Hmm. Well, from some of the critics I read who have seen more episodes than, than uh, we have, uh, where it is these next two are the ones that start to, to be really excellent, that we've been building to and they keep getting better, and these next two are where it, uh, where it even takes off even more. So that's promising, because I do already like wow. it. Um, if there's something for me, though, I mean, I'm enjoying the episodes fine. Now we're four episodes in, and the thing is, I'm not quite sure what story they're telling. You've You've actually just barely offered some uh, some ideas. Maybe it's about the building sexual tension between Bill and Ginny. Maybe I just it's hard for me to know if that's a story I'm watching here. I mean, the premise is intriguing: a pioneering early sex researcher and his fascinating assistant collaborator. But, but where are we going? Is it that love story between Bill and Ginny, or is it a sex story between Bill and Ginny? Is there a particular research question they're trying to answer? Um, is there a mystery they were trying to solve, an obstacle to overcome? I'm just, I'm not quite sure, and I'm starting to wonder what it is that's at the at the end of this show. Um, but like I say, the ride so far seems great, so I'll definitely give it more time. And that makes it sound like I don't like it. I really do like it. I just, that's the question I have as I watch. Wow, this is a, a role reversal for the two of us, which I'm enjoying because I feel like normally I'm the impatient one who's like, "Come on, get to, get with the program. What are you trying to tell me?" <laughs> but in this case, I think the for me enjoying the ride outweighs the because I don't disagree with you about not knowing what it's about, but it doesn't bother me at all just because I'm enjoying it so much. So, uh, kudos to the show; it's working for me. You you have it, a fan of one plus. Uh, it is working. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Listen to us on iTunes or practicallyculture.com. Also, find us on Facebook. 
a mini podcast from Practically Culture. Practically Culture Masters of Sex.